0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcventonville.org or check us out at Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok.
1: Amen. What a wonderful beginning to our Advent celebration. And Happy New Year, by the way. It's the beginning of the Christian New Year. For those of you that are new to our congregation, I am uh, Reverend Dr. Michelle Morris. I'm the lead pastor here. And we are focusing on, for this season of Advent, in which we're preparing for the birth of Christ in our lives, we're focusing on his mother, Mary, for these next few weeks. And I think this is something that we need to do from time to time. I think we uh, sometimes neglect her importance. In our journey of faith and so I'm glad to have these weeks where we will be studying her and learning more about her and walking alongside her and to get into this series we're actually gonna start in one of the latest actually the latest appearance of her in the Gospels and in Acts so we're gonna hear now from John chapter 19 and then Acts 1 Jesus's mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas And Mary Magdalene stood near the cross when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they entered the city they went to the upstairs room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, Alphaeus' son, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, James' son, all were united in their devotion to prayer along with some women including Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. This is the word of God for us the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So when was the church born? Biblically, there are two answers that people regularly point to. One is Pentecost. And one is the moment in which Jesus is dying on the cross Pentecost we regularly celebrate as the birthday of the church It's the arrival of and the empowerment of the people of God by the Holy Spirit to go out and spread the news and carry it beyond the borders of Judea But people also point to that moment on the cross and particularly as it's narrated in the Gospel of John in which Jesus is creating a new family of faith. And it's pointed out that John is the only gospel in which Jesus is stabbed in the side and blood and water pour forth, as if a birth were happening. And then there is this scene that I just read in which Jesus creates a new family with Mary and the disciples. Now what do these two moments have in common? They have Mary in common. And why is that? Well because when something new is created we need a mother to make it happen. Mary in our tradition is not as highly valued as it is in Catholicism and a lot of that comes out of old tensions and when the Protestant Reformation was happening. But I have to ask, we kept the baby but did we throw the mother out with the bathwater? (laughs) We have, to our great detriment, neglected her role and the power that she has. And it was something that we got to experience. Those of us that traveled to the Holy Land together, um, we went to the Church of the Annunciation, which is the church built over the place where Mary meets the angel Gabriel and gets the announcement of the Holy Spirit coming to her. And it's a whole church filled with images of Mary, and we were all overwhelmed and in awe. And we talked about on that trip that we have neglected her to our great peril that there is so much that she can teach us so in this series we're going to reclaim her and we're going to look where she appears throughout the new testament and we started as i've mentioned with these last ones because we are looking at her in this case not just as the mother of jesus but as the mother of the church and there are two important things she does as our mother She gets us ready and she welcomes us into the family. So let's think about getting ready. Well, that is really one of the main tasks of parents as to what they are supposed to do for their children. They're to get them ready. And there is probably no more frustrating and everyday encounter than getting us ready just for the day, right? (laughs) And I remember, I, I was not great for my mom to have to get me ready in the day. I can add nine to any number very rapidly because nine minutes is the amount of time I had on my snooze, right? So I'd over, uh, I did my, my arithmetic really fast. I have, I have enough time, I have enough time, I have enough time. It drove my mother crazy. She had to listen to the alarm clock going off, going off, going off. And sometimes I wouldn't allow myself enough time And she would watch me speed out and in high school I would ride to school with a friend and so one day I called her after I got to school and said "Um, I I accidentally left with two left shoes can you bring me a right shoe and she said when I get around to it because she had to get me ready for the fact that sometimes you make bad decisions and you have to pay for the consequences of that, right? Of course, you know, the universe has a way of paying you back and I had a kid as difficult to get ready in the morning and my great task for him was getting some food in his belly before he left. Just something, eat something. Which meant that one day I got a frantic phone call from the school who said, your son was upset. He was getting ready to take a test. He was so upset that he threw up and it is bright orange. And I said, that's because he had sherbet for breakfast. <laughs> but he did technically go to school with food in his belly. You know, uh, that, is, that is really points to the fact that, that as a parent, getting our children ready for life, is sometimes a frustrating experience, sometimes one that is a battle of wills, sometimes one that involves compromise, but always with this goal of making them ready for what is before them. So Mary gets us ready for two things. She gets us ready for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And she gets us ready to rely on hope in really awful times. So she gets us ready for the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit, having an encounter with the Holy Spirit is an incredibly disorienting experience. And it is disorienting because it is really meant to be reorienting. It is meant to take the way the world works and turn it in the direction of the way God would like it to work. And so often we have gotten so far away from what God seeks for us that that reorienting, that reordering is very disruptive. There has been no greater encounter with the Holy Spirit than Mary's encounter with the Holy Spirit. It reordered her whole world and ours. But second to that would probably be Pentecost, in which disciples were suddenly empowered in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their attempts to isolate and stay hidden, The Holy Spirit calls them out and empowers them and gives them the language to go out and share this story without fear. And what better companion for that journey than Mary, who knew what it was like and had already lived a lifetime of being reordered by the Holy Spirit. It is profound that she was there in the upper room alongside the disciples and ready to help them understand how different life is going to be now. And that is the mission the church is still called to, to reorder and reorient the world in the image of God. And we also have no greater model than the mother of Jesus. The other thing that she had to prepare us for was to be ready to rely on hope. Faith does not come with a guarantee of a life free from suffering, free from pain or free from loss. Many truly deeply faithful people suffer incredibly painful losses in their lives. My dissertation was on infertility in the New Testament and part of the reason that I looked at that was because I had walked alongside so many people who had struggled because they were never able to have a child. And the pain of that The Bible says it's deeper than hell. And that's why Advent is very hard for people who have struggled with that journey. Because in many ways, Mary is a slap in the face. Because she is a virgin who gets to give birth. So many people who have struggled with infertility don't even come around in Christmas. And I understand that. But I also want to reclaim for us that Mary more than anyone understands what it means to lose a child and understands what it means to know from the very beginning, that's what's going to happen. We will hear another passage in part of this series in which she is told when they take Jesus to be circumcised that he will die. And yet, In the midst of that, even knowing that that loss is coming and even feeling that profound and deep ache. She raises her child. She gets him ready. For the mission before him. And she stands at the foot of the cross. And watches him die. And then stays with his friends the next day. Because she has learned to live a life of hope. She has learned that faith at its core relies on hope. And she knows and shows us all that hope comes from love. And Mary must have loved us all. Loved us all to go on that journey for us. And we are all her children. We are called so at the foot of the cross. That moment when Jesus says to his mother, Mother, this is your son. And to the disciple he loves, this is your mother is a beautiful and profound moment. And a moment that looks to be one of great depth and care. There he is dying in that moment. And he looks and says, I, I care. I wanna make sure that this family comes together in this moment. And it's a beautiful moment. And it's a moment that we think in many ways is him taking care of his mother. And particularly because it says, the disciple took her into his household and there she was all of her days. But it was actually an unnecessary moment. Jesus had brothers and sisters. They would have taken care of their mother. There was no need in making this family, except that in that moment, Jesus says, my family is not bound by biology. My family is made up of those who would come to this cross made up of those who would call themselves my brothers and sisters. And that family will be guided by the first disciple, who was his mother. That disciple is her son, and so are we, her sons and daughters. We are kin to Jesus, and we have each other to be companions, no matter what life puts before us. We are all part of that one family that began with Mary. So when the question is asked, when was the church born? I don't think it was at Pentecost and I don't think it was at the cross. I think it was born when a young girl agreed to carry a child and to carry the burdens of getting him ready. And to carry the hope that it would all be worth it. And to carry the promise that we would all be family. And so she calls us sons and daughters. And gets us ready for a life
0: built on hope. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at FUMC Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example, of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.